0: Appreciate having the pledges Uh, this morning. uh, You know, I've never been overseas, uh, but I did serve in the Mississippi uh, Guard, and um, take great honor in this flag and what it represents. But I also take great honor in this flag and what it represents. This represents freedom as a people. Freedom as a country, this represents the freedom that we have in Christ. And that's what we're going to look at this morning in the book of John, uh, chapter number 8, the gospel of John, chapter number 8. Freedom is the basic dream of uh, any person, any man. Um, we find here much talk of freedom these days. We know that people come to this country in search of a better life, in search of freedom. Um, as I've said, I don't think, pretty much know, that there is no other country as great as this country. And Just as the song says, I don't know if you called it or not, uh, but it had a mention in one of the stanzas there that... Uh, Though uh, she has flaws about her, Uh, we don't agree with everything, Uh, we don't like how some things is going on, but nonetheless, it's still the greatest country uh, in this world. July 4th, 1776, that was a few years ago, um, when the Declaration of Independence was signed and um, it gave us freedom. It gave us uh, independence from uh, England and and uh, the king or queen uh, kind of rule, the monarchy uh, rule. And so we hear a lot of talk of this freedom uh, these days, freedom that is not free. Uh, there have been countless lives that have been lost um, in order to ensure that we have the freedom, even the freedom that we are exercising this morning, uh, being able to gather in the Lord's house, uh, there is um, a true freedom that we all can know. Uh, some will never experience what a true uh, freedom is as far as being uh, free to do and say and think whatever it is that you want to do or say your thing. Uh, some will never experience that because of the places they live. But there is that one true freedom that regardless of where one finds themselves, they will have. And that is only in the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter number 8. We'll look at verse 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, Why be Abraham's seed and We never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And if the son therefore shall make you free, then you shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for the freedom that you have given this great country that we live in. Lord, to be able to express our love, our gratitude towards you. And Lord, just to worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. God, we pray for, as has been mentioned, uh, those that are lost, God, how we need a burden. God, that we share this gospel with a lost and dying world. Uh, Lord, they be saved. We pray that if there's one here who is lost. God, that you would convict their heart, Lord, that they would repent and return to you, and God, that they would live a life that is holy and acceptable to you. Lord, for that one that is backslidden, God, we pray that you would also convict their heart, that they repent and return to you, and Lord, begin to live a life that is honorable to you. Lord, as we look at this word this morning, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, that these dear people not see me, but they would see you. And Lord, we will give you all the praise and the honor and glory for all that you do here this morning. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Can we be free? Can we be free? We can be, and we find here in these uh, verses where Christ is talking and uh, he says, If the Son therefore shall make you free. This is the very heart of of the gospel. Freedom in Christ. He breaks the power of that uh, concealed sin. He he sets the prisoner free. You you think of Paul uh, who even had made the uh, comment that he was the cheapest among sinners. How he was in prison and how he was chained up and locked up in a dark dungeon and how that Christ set him free. This same one who, who used to go about and, uh, persecuting the church and those who followed after Christ, how he had freedom that he discovered. He breaks the power of that concealed sin. He sets a prisoner free. And this is the same deliverance that is available to you and I, uh, today. Some are bound by that besetting sin. You've given your life to Christ, and and this, this urge that, that overwhelms you, and, and and you yield to these things. Grace is uh, the the grass, is, as as uh, the saying is, it's not always greener on the other side. Uh, there's a, a place, and I remember, I wish I could remember exactly where I saw it this week as I was traveling. Uh, I, I seen where on one side of the fence. I'm assuming that probably the the road crew may have went through and sprayed, uh, but the grass was was uh, dead. It was that brown uh, looking, and then on the other side was green pasture. I mean, uh, it was the prettiest green grass. Uh, that was probably very well uh, fertilized. And, and, and I thought, you know, maybe that saying isn't always true. Uh, for that instance, the grass was greener on the other side. But nonetheless, it just seems to, oftentimes, we, we think the grass is greener and we think the grass looks good, it's appealing, and, uh, but it's not always what it seems. It's not always as it appears. It seems to lure you in. And then when you find yourself there, it's not what it was cracked up to be. It's not as green as you had thought. Satan has used this to keep you defeated. There so many times uh, that the devil will try uh, his best to to hold you once he gets you. It has robbed you of your joy in the Lord. Remember David, the book of uh, Psalms is a, um, I say the book, is actually books. Uh, there's multiple uh, books. Each Psalm uh, is it, uh, in sections if you studied uh, the Psalms as a whole. Uh, but nonetheless, if you'll ever notice how there's a majority that is written by David, and then there are some that is written. Not written by David. David went through a quiet spell. Uh, David went through a, a, a dark time in his life. And, and you can find where David is, is uh, having a, a bout of depression, as we would call it today, and uh, how he was dealing with the fact that he had committed sin, how that he had the, the, the uh, man after God's own heart that he was bearing heavy after committing sin, committed murder. And all of this was weighing in on David, and he just went quiet. And then all of a sudden you will find where David bursts right back into the scene and he starts the psalm off and he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. David went through a time of revival and he he had known that the devil had robbed him of his joy. He had robbed him of, of everything that, that God had provided for him. And, and he kind of gets over his if you will, and he says, Restore to me, revive my heart. Let me see the joy of your salvation. Oftentimes we struggle to free ourselves. We've about concluded that there is no hope. You know, the only time that there is hopelessness in this world? No one is hopeless whose hope is in God. No one is hopeless whose hope is in God. I recall a time, uh, it was mentioned, you used to run a a daycare, uh, a babysitting, or I don't know if they call it babysitting, daycare is what I'll call it. Um, I I recall a time where I went to daycare, and we were talking just a few years ago, right, uh, that this lady who practically raised my brother and I, and uh, she was a dear lady, did everything great. One of the greatest, of course, in my eyes, she was, uh, don't, don't take offense to this this morning. In my eyes, when I was at her daycare, she was old then, right? Uh, and so she was almost like a grandma to me at that point. But nonetheless, as the years go by, as happenstance would be, she ended up becoming a educator in the school system, public school, and she ended up being one of my high school uh, teachers. And um, so as luck would have it, of course, I had already surrendered to preach at this point, and uh, she, her son was a, a preacher, good friend of mine, evangelist, travels, and and nonetheless, uh, we uh, after class one day, she said, I need to see you after class. Well, I don't know if I've shared this with you. I've always had this issue with talking. Um, I talk a lot, and uh, sometimes it's good, maybe not. <laughs> you know, Sometimes people really wished I would hush, but nonetheless, I was always in trouble for talking in school, and I don't recall this day of ever getting in trouble, so I couldn't imagine why this instructor's teacher wanted to see me after class. I figured it was because she knew me and she knew my family. You know, they like to pick on those kinds, right? So she held me after class and she said, I finally did what I should have done years ago. And I just looked at her. Of course, she's 65 or six at the time. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? And she said, I got saved. Last night, and in my course, I'm looking at her. You know, I'm like, "Well, oh Lord, I thought you was already." You know, and the way she was just the the perfect example of a Christian, but she wasn't a Christian. I say that to say this, no one is hopeless. We may have been praying and seeking God and and praying for our loved ones and our moms, our dads, our daughters, our sons, our grandparents, whoever it may be. And it seems that all hope is gone. And then at the tender age of 65, they get saved. Isn't that something great? Just a few years later, she passed away with cancer. And I couldn't help but think at her funeral service as her son was sitting there and I was sitting there, I thought, you know, today she is jumping down a street of gold as happy as she could ever be. And all those kids that gave her a hard time, she is probably giving them another lesson today, right? Right? No one is hopeless whose hope is in God. And so I encourage you this morning, regardless of how the world looks and regardless of the, the news media. And someone asked me yesterday, did I see such and such on the news? I was like, no. And they said, well, what? Do you, how can you miss it? It's been all over. I said, I can't tell you the last time I watched the news uh, broadcast. And they said, why? And I said, because it's depressing, Right. Um, usually I get my news, and whether it be true news or not, is through Facebook. All right, it usually comes out to be pretty accurate. I found out the whole water issue here. I kept seeing things. I was like, my Lord, what's done happened in Helena? You know, I show up two Sundays, and it all goes uh, to to bunkers. And anyway, no one's hopeless if they're hope. Is in God. Jesus can set you free uh, today. In verse thirty-four, there it says, "Whosoever commits sin is a servant to sin." Some are under the very power of sin itself, and it seems that Satan is holding you captive there. Worse yet, he has blinded our eyes and, and deceived us, and even maybe calling it freedom to to live free and do as you please. It'll be all right. It may be contrary to God's word, but hey, you feel good, right? It's all right. It's okay. As long as you're happy, as long as you're feeling good, as long as you're not hurting no one else. Held captive. Then there's the false freedom. Notice the wording that Christ used here. Whoever... Uh, shall trust in Him. It says that, that if you have the trust in Him, that the truth shall make you free indeed. Verse 36, The Son, therefore, shall make you free. You are free indeed. If you did a study on that, why would he be reiterating, you're, you're free, then you are free indeed. Meaning that there is a false sense of Freedom, and Christ is saying, indeed, just as He said, verily, verily. Any time you see, verily, verily, He is saying, truly, truly. He is adding that emphasis that what I am about to tell you is of great importance. And He says, if you have the Son, the Son sets you free. Then you are free. Indeed, there is a false philosophy that would seek to place the blame for all of our psychological ills upon these uh, restrictive codes Uh, because of these um, stems that we have from guilt, uh, this guilt complex that would remove guilt by knowing um, or by making nothing uh, guilty. Uh, You see this all the time in the court system uh, when someone pleads temporarily insane. Uh, They didn't know that what they was doing at the time, they had no conscious idea of what they was doing was wrong. They were temporarily insane. Imagine a society this morning with no restraints, no laws. What kind of society would we be in? And I was fussing. I wasn't really fussing. I? I guess I was guilty to an extent. All right. I was innocently guilty is that is that all right? Is that a word uh innocently guilty is that I, If not, we can make it one uh the last Sunday that I was here, I was talking to a few of them this morning um I had made my way back uh towards um, heading back towards Little Rock and I got stopped uh, by the police now i've i've I can name on my hand how many times I've actually been pulled over. And rightfully pulled over, okay, uh, but at this point, I was really thinking I was innocent, right, uh, but he instructed and, and um let me know real quick that I was not uh, that I was guilty of breaking the law. Can you imagine though, if we had no law, that if we could just do whatever it is that we felt was right, uh regardless of what any individual thinks is right? If I think it's right, then I can do it. Well, that might be okay until what you think is right. And then what you think is right, but what you two think is right is not what I think is right. We have a problem, right? Imagine a society like that. Some have exercised the freedom to, to use drugs, to use alcohol. They, they have thrown away any restraint that they had and, and talk of, of a free society that I could do whatever it is. And what started out as a little trip to, to a good time, a, a trip down memory lane, that trip will land them straight in hell. But there is a true freedom. True freedom is not found in the bottom of the bottle. True freedom is not found at the end of a needle. True freedom is not found in some clubhouse. It's only found in Christ. Thirdly, this morning, how can I find this freedom? How can I truly find this true freedom, this this being set free indeed? How can I find that? Scripture says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. We must come to an end of our own struggles and our own devices. I cannot liberate myself. You think back to when this country was in formation and you think about the men as they gathered together and, and were seeking to be independent, to be the United States of America, to be not a part of England, not a part of a, a monarchy, but to have our own set of rules, our own regulations, our own laws, our own justice system. They realize that we cannot do this in and of ourselves. That I can't do it, that no one person can do it. But it must take fighting for what's right. And of course we know the war and how we gained that independence. Dear friend, to be free from sin, there's nothing that you in yourself, can do. There is nothing that I can do to to liberate myself. If the Son, the Scripture says, oh, my deliverance must come through Jesus Christ Himself. It's not through uh, going to some confessional. It's not going through some baptismal waters. It's not uh, taking of any other kind of ritual. The only way to be free in Christ or to be free from sin. Is through Jesus Christ. He has the power. To forgive my past. He has the power to keep me now. It says now unto him. The scripture says. Unto him who is able to keep you. Perhaps you're saying this morning. But I've done that. I've tried that. I can't tell you how many times I have been in revival meetings and I've held youth meetings and we've we've talked to, to young people afterwards and, and they said I've tried all of that. I've tried that religion. I've tried that church life but I still can't seem to let it go. And I'm still bound. But notice what the Bible says here. It says and you shall Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, that would pose the question, what is truth? What is truth? Philosophy sought it out, now disdain. It's it's unworthy of my consideration. Jesus said, my word is truth. Jesus said that I am the way the truth, and the life. I like that passage because he didn't say that I make a way. He he didn't say that I'm a way, meaning that there's multiple. He, He said, I am the way. I'm the only way that you will find. This freedom, And so we must read the word. It, it is true and it will acquaint us and it will uh, lead us to him who is the embodiment of that truth. And then I think about the psalmist David as he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Scripture also says, Blessed is the man that knows the truth, that knows the word, that knows Christ. Oh, it's great to have this freedom. It's great to have uh, the freedom to worship this morning. Isn't it great to be able to, to come to this church? You know, there are some countries where you don't even have a say in what church you go to. You probably passed, I I, I quit counting, but I know I have passed 15 churches between where I live to here to get here this morning. Because that's my freedom. It's great to have that freedom. But I'm sure that everyone here this morning can give testimony to the fact that it's even better to have what this freedom brings in Christ. As we stand together this morning, Jesus sets us free from sin. He sets us free from prejudice. He sets us free from addiction. He sets us free from uh, heartaches, from depression, from a multitude of things that we could list this morning. But most of all, Jesus sets us free from self. He sets us free from sin. And that sin that leads us to that destruction. The gospel says that there are two paths in which one can travel. And he talks about a wide way and a narrow way. He says that the wide way, there are many that find it for in that way it's the easy way right it's the way with less curves with less hills and valleys no uh, i'll use some arkansas terminology not not near as many potholes in the highway right uh, i'll tell you if you go to little rock any you'll find plenty of those along the interstate Wide is easy Wide is the way that Uh, seems great, smooth sailing. Scripture says there's also that narrow way and there are few that find it. One would ask why? Simply because the narrow gate is difficult. Life is full of twists and turns and curves and hills and valleys and potholes and everything else imaginable. But at the end of those two ways is also two destinations. The wide, the easy, the Bible says, leads to destruction, hell, eternity in hell. The narrow leads to heaven, to rest, to a life of peaceful serenity with God. I don't know about you, but I had rather endure the hardships in this life. I can endure the curves. I can endure even the potholes. When I moved here, I moved. I technically moved to Little Rock a year ago. Uh, matter of fact, August will be a year ago. And I recall one trip I was coming through on a Sunday evening, and uh, I hit a pothole just outside of... Uh, is it Car- Carlisle? I kid you not, no exaggeration, the pothole was like this big. My back tire hit it and it blew out the tire uh, there on the interstate. I was mad at first, all right. I, I'm not going to lie to you this morning, I was a little agitated. It, was, it wasn't hot, but it wasn't exactly the most comfortable temperature either. And I had to sit there for three hours. I was thankfully a AAA member, but nonetheless, you know, just sitting there, the irritation, the, the weight. I'm not a very patient person. In a lot of, I'm patient in some things, but not so much in others. And that was one of those that was the other, all right? But where are we in life? Do we have the freedom that Christ gives us? And if not, I want to encourage you this morning to find that freedom. Nothing is greater. I remember uh, the lady I was telling you about, 65 years old. She said, I wished I had done this years ago. Makes me think of Vestal Goodman. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Amen. As we stand together, we're going to extend just maybe one verse of a a song. And and then I'll, I'll close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do come to you, how thankful we are that we've been able to gather here in your house this morning. Lord, I pray that you would indeed set us free, free from our sins, free from our desires, God. And Lord, that you would replace those things with those desires that you would have in our life. Give us that burden for the lost, Lord. We do pray for that urgency, a fervency about us, to be a witness for you in this lost world. God, as we dismiss this morning, as we go our separate places, we just pray that you would grant us safety, and Lord, that you would bring us back at the next appointed time. For it's in Christ's name we pray.